Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Ben's Town TV. This is Jim, and I'm here with Luke, Brian, and Dave, and we are back with our coverage of The Last Kingdom, and today we are covering Season 3. We're almost there, guys. Previously, we covered the pilot, Season 1, and Season 2, and also recently we released our interview with Alexander Villalm, who played Kiart in The Cruel. If you'd like to check them out, you can find them on your favorite podcast apps as well as BingetownTV.com. But now, with that out of the way... We have a huge elephant in this metaphorical room, guys. <laughs> and his name is Ethelwald. Bro. Let's that, freaking talk about it. That is just the top priority for this, <laughs> this podcast. Let me get I, all the apologies. Dude, I want, shower I, me in apologies. Davis was so right the entire time. I was wrong. I guess me and B Toms were giving the actor too much credit for showing some hints of good character development to completely reverse course. I still think he was phenomenal on screen. By the end, I was comfortable hating him. I didn't think we were going to go that direction, but he was just so openly anti Utrid that I was just fucking wrong. And there's nothing else I could say about it. Except B Toms was the one that said he loves Ethelwald. It's the same I, of what you were saying, like respect out of him being a good character, but yeah. still never was loyal to Utrid. But go ahead, B Toms. Yeah, Apologize. Luke, it's kind of like what you said. He played so well on the screen and you could see that he was disrespected by a lot of people, but he, he was really savvy with respect to the game. And we saw that. But at the end of the day, Ethelwald was only looking out for Ethelwald and his only motivation was how do I get that crown? And he would do whatever it took, whether it meant betraying Uhtred, all of Wessex, etc. He just wanted to be king so that he could be king. And that's not really a good motivating factor. You know, he he would have been a puppet king to the Danes as long as it oh, meant yeah. being king. Um, and when that became abundantly clear, yeah, I mean, the character just went downhill for me. So, yeah, I will eat my words from the season two recap. Uh, Ethelwald scumbag for sure. But like <laughs> we're both kind of agreeing the game aspect of it was like the most Game of Thrones esque, I would say oh, yeah. nearly the show. And one of the lines that summed it up absolutely perfectly was I think it was an episode. It might have been the first episode. It's Bianca and Ethelwald are talking and Bianca's questioning why he's even there. And he goes, you're only here for the game. And he goes, true, but what a game it is. So like yeah. he, he clearly leaned into that whole, oh, yeah. you know, that 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 part about him is one of my favorite attributes in a character in like a political medieval world like this. Not much to add on to that. I did enjoy the scenes of Ethelwald because he was definitely a very interesting character, but I'm just glad to see that my fruitions were true because <laughs> he sucked and I he was definitely very good at the game. I'll give him credit for that. And like I said, he was a very interesting character. He always made you want to know what he was up to and because of how much he was scheming, especially in this season. But fuck that guy. Glad that he got his uh, comeuppance in the very end. Mm -hmm. That's why Rooks and Vets is so much fun, because me knowing what was going to happen and hearing you guys, mainly you, Luke, because mm -hmm. Brian was definitely saying, you know, he said he liked Ethelwald, but but Luke, you actually came out and said a line and the line was, I do not see him turning on our boy Utrid at all. Mm -hmm. Like you thought he turned wow. the corner. I just and edited I was, this and I said I was arrogantly confident that he yep. wouldn't do it. But the next sentence I said I could absolutely be wrong in the first like two episodes. Yeah, you, of this you did season. say that. And yeah. I, in my head, I'm just like, oh man, this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's also talk about the other big uh open-ended question we had at the end of the last podcast was about I can never say her name right, Gisela. Gisela, yeah. Yeah, like 
I know uh, Brian and Dave, you both said you were leaning 50, 50%. I was a little bit more optimistic, I should say, about her living even to the end game. But you guys were like right on the line. I think you both split one. You split one way, one. You split the other way of if she was going to die. Honestly, the, I believe the question was like, how do we feel about Gisela? And me and Dave both agreed. Yeah, I mean, honestly, her and Utrecht get along well. This could be endgame. And neither of us even contemplated the fact that she could just die randomly, which, of course, she was going to. It's so yeah. obvious that wasn't going to last the next three seasons. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly feel like at this point in my podcasting career, I shouldn't be that ignorant and see a character <laughs> that I like and the main character be happy and not expect a death. But that was uh, that should have been so obvious for us i was listening to it back i was like you idiots come on now (laughs) uh there was another character like oh alfred you were just like so alfred's kind of sick is that ever gonna come back (laughs) we were just like i mean i don't know how long this series is gonna go probably (laughs) not to my credit i did say yeah they could bring it up at any time that he takes a a bad Ooh, turn, turn for the worst. Yeah. yeah, turn for the worst. But that, that was mostly line. season one talk. I think in season two, Jimmy even said on the podcast that um, maybe it was season two when you said you pointed out that a lot of the times Alfred had his hand on his stomach as he was like getting yep. worse. So we talked about it. Yeah, and, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely did not see that coming. I thought it was awesome. The makeup department was unbelievable. Oh my gosh! Like holy shit, dude! He literally looked like he was dying and it, walking it was, corpse. He was yeah, a man. ghost, and I love that shot of him. The end of I think it's episode nine when Uhtred's looking at his chronicles and just he's in the background, but he just I think yes. it was for em- emphasizing the, the fact that yeah he looks like a ghost and is walking around ghostly. Oh, that leads to one of the best conversations of the series, but we could save that for a yeah, little we'll bit. Yeah, we'll save it for later. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, were there any other questions we were kind of debating at the end of lists? No, I mean, we brought back up Alfric, you know, and you know what we thought was going to happen with him if he was going to be the big bad again. And and once again, can't believe he wasn't there. <laughs> he was pushed one even more time. less than season two. I'm even thinking that he's not even going to be the villain of season four. <laughs> like, I think at this point in time, it's going to be five or he's the, the movie. movie. Yeah. 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 So he's end game, end game. You're thinking now. Yeah. At this point in time, if he wasn't going to be the main villain this season, I think at this point in time, he might just be. Last you guys one. don't know shit. It's been a while since I said that, though. Give me credit. You said that <laughs> twice in that one sentence. <laughs> okay. But it's been a while before that. It's been a while. Um, I mean, you know, we talked about Gisela, so I guess this is like an easy way to transition right into Skade. But I mean, I think that before we get into Skade, I, I thought it was very well done. The acting with Alexander Draymond and, and Uhtred when he had to deal with Gisela's death. And it was a really good first episode scene they had together, just showing their bond and that, you know, how they're a little funny back and forth with the, you know, she's pregnant again and you're going to be sleeping by yourself. And and he's saying, mm-hmm. oh, would you do that to me? And she's like, nah, for a little bit. It was good. It was good back and forth. And you feel for him when this all happens and the scene where he rides back all triumphant, thinking he's the big dog and, and Hild's sitting there and she's all upset looking and she has to tell him and then he breaks down. It's, it's definitely, it's heartbreaking, man. The dude can't catch a break, but I know. That, it does lead me to one of, I would say the weaker points about Uhtred's writing is like how little he kind of cares about his children, regardless of like who the, who the mom is. It seems, it seems like yeah. such a background part of him rather than it being his priority. Like Alfred 
is almost motivated by his kids half the time throughout oh, the yeah. series where Uhtred, it, it I know it, it could be more important as they're a little bit older now, but to me, I was, that felt like a little weird writing how that was like his 50th priority and things he had to do <laughs> to contend with that point. I would say that's kind of an assumption. If you're a warrior by occupation, you know, you're going to be out for extended periods of time on a short notice, just leaving the child rearing to your wife in the, in the early goings, I would say. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I assumed it was. And I'll also say too, that a lot of those caring moments, those fatherly moments are probably happening off screen. Like everything with the time skips, you know, we don't get to see him really interacting that much. And the kids that he had with Gisela, I'm assuming he, Gisela, Gisela, Like he obviously cares, he cares for them, obviously, a lot. And the fact that he was willing to go back to Winchester just to get them says a lot. And they were taken from him in a sense, or they Mm -hmm. were actually that wasn't his priority. It was, I mean, he had a lot skate. Go back and get Tara's blood for the Ragnar thing and then worry about the kids. And to me, that's fine. The blood and the kids kind of tied together for me. But Skade also, rightfully so, I think should be in importance because as long as she's alive, your kids' lives, you you assume at that point in time with her magic are at threat. Okay, well, we'll talk about that too. Let's get into Skade here. And... I wanted to know your guys' opinion on her so bad because she's just like Isolt, except she's complete opposite personality-wise. She's another sorceress, but she is pretty much evil. And, you know, they say throughout the entire show, she's a devil, she's a witch, whatever you want to say. But she's an interesting character. What do you guys think? I loved her personally as her character. Like, obviously, I hated that she was fucking with Uhtred so much, but from her character i just i loved her i thought she was an excellent part in addition to season three and the ending for her was wild we, we'll get into a little bit but <laughs> overall definitely loved her character i fucking hated skate i think she might have been <laughs> my least it. favorite character the one i resented the most i would say and i think citrix said it best when he said uh she is a poison to all men like all she did was be beautiful and predict fortunes that weren't true so she was just beautiful, worked herself into the mind of all these great men, brought them crumbling down, except for Uhtred, which she would have done if he hadn't bitten the bullet and killed her. I, I hated Skate. She was manipulative. I don't think she was really bringing much to the table. Like all of these sorceresses just claim to predict the future. It's like, OK, I can claim to predict the future. Tell you stuff you want to hear. Like, mm-hmm. no, I, I hated Skate. I don't like all of the sorcerers for the most part, but Isolt was like kind of a neutral person. She was just trying to use it for whatever. Skade was trying to use it to like curry favor and power. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just hate Isolt. Isolt was also a healer and she almost didn't even want her power. Mm-hmm. Where Skade, mm. you know, we can argue whether it was even real or not. I mean, it is interesting that they have that scene when you first see her on screen. They have the scene of her having this quote unquote premonition vision of Alfred dying. And obviously, like you said, Brian, it's not true. So whether you, <laughs> you want to argue that visions can change based on the wheel weaves is the wheel wheels, Luke, you know, shit can happen or she's just bullshit. And and really, I'm more on Brian's side with this one. So. Are we talking about like you don't like how the character was written? No, no, no. I think she was perfectly done as a bad character, an antagonist. I agree with that. So what I initially thought was like her first opening scene came out insanely hot and heavy, just out here murdering people for looking at her before um, 
the hair, the hair Dane, the the hair guy, the hair Dane, blood uh, hair, Caesar, yeah, yeah, blood hair, exactly. Like all of that was insane, caught my attention right away. But I thought as the season went on, I cared less and less about her. And one of the reasons is how she affected Utrid. And I thought uh, I can get into this. My one of my two biggest gripes with this season is going to be how Skate affected Utrid because it just didn't to me feel as consistent with how Utrid has been shown for the whole beginning series, not really caring about religion. I think they call him Uhtred the Godless in like season one, like all this stuff about not caring, but then he just upends all of his life and like all of his battle strategy just to go deal with this fake curse that hasn't really been shown to do anything. We can talk about that a little bit more, but I fell in love with Skade the actor as as the season went on, you know, like she is just so my type, like blonde, like Northern European (laughs) looking, like just beautiful. And now I follow her on fucking everything. Of course, she's still dropping pictures of Skade every once in a while. But yeah, like I felt like the end of her journey wasn't satisfying enough. I liked how Uhtred killed her. So don't get like the Mm. actual last thing that happens to her was pretty satisfying, but it just felt like she was just a manipulator. I didn't really see her. Um, betraying hair dane dog hair blood, <laughs> blood, blood, blood hair well i mean I'm not gonna you think about it she hair got dane. blood hair killed was she with anybody before blood hair now nah, she was in the service of blood hair right, when right. we pick up the season it just yeah. felt like she was an inevitable hurdle for utrid that i was confident from episode one this girl's not making it out of the season so it just felt inevitable mm. like we're gonna have to kill her eventually and it just affected all of utrid's decisions in the back half that it kind of freaked me out a little bit and i didn't love all that Mm-hmm. But, you know, overall, I'm not unhappy that Skate was in the season. I think she was a cool twist on like a sorcerer. You know, I think she served her purpose. And I guess this is a good time to talk about the sorceress, the magic system or whatever you want to say when it comes to this show. I, when I first watched it, was wondering if this is actually the first time. And you can argue is all with Alfred's son and young Utra dying. but. Is this the first time we're seeing magic actually happen where she made him wither away? Or was it the Cal Drogo situation where he got cut and he was dying anyway or, or you know, being sick from it anyway? And then the, he the, just so the, happened are you to talking about better. the spear wound like near his heart? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right so me and escaping. Dave had a conversation about, about him yeah. getting like he's getting sick that whole time when he first starts seeing Leo Fritch. That's yeah. all caused to me. I'm thinking it's perfectly explainable by being like an actual wound. Right. Um, That's I, what I, I think was everything hoping. Is. I think everything yeah. is just yeah. coincidental. You take signs out of nowhere because it's freaking the 800s. I think they dropped the, the century finally. I know we might have been able to figure it out from context clues, but I think they say the ninth century. So we're talking 800s. Like, yeah, okay. You, you you meet this crazy hot girl who claims to be a sorceress and then you get cut after she curses you and you start getting a little sick. You might start attributing more weight to that stuff. And I get yeah. that, but it just felt a little off for Uhtred specifically because of how anti-religious well, and like he doesn't give a shit about anything. Well, I would say, first of all, that the only thing that annoyed me with that was that they literally had Brita kill the curse in a way or shield the curse and then he just gets better which kind of annoyed me like they didn't nurse him back to health in a way where he was like yes i'm scratched and i'm cal drogo and i'm Mm -hmm. and i'm sick and dying like i would have liked that better if that he gradually got better but they kind of almost just were like all right i'm better now and again this is how last kingdom is where it could be times passing and we don't realize it the other thing i want to say about you saying utra the godless is i don't think he's necessarily godless in a way of like anti-religion like i think he does he believes in the dane religion it's just godless meaning christian god 
he's yeah, got so, too. So and like that makes he, a lot more sense because of his he, whole journey, like dealing with Ragnar and Valhalla, which I just didn't right. take that from the first two seasons, like coming into season three. Yeah. So him being cursed, like he he doesn't believe it like Citric believes it, but he believes it enough where he starts getting sick and seeing Leofric where he's like, oh, shit, something's happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to m- comment on that. Uh, discussion. When I was talking with Luke, I thought it was Skade, the coincidence of her appearing and then Leo Fritsch also appearing. He did tell me about the wound and I bought into it a little bit. But what confirmed it for me was at the end is when he kills her, he still sees Leo Fritsch at his banishment. And so that made me believe, okay, then it was just maybe uh, an internal devil that he had and it just yeah came she out was during dead. his wound yeah so when she was dead he was already he was still there and so it made me think that it was no connection to that okay that's good let's talk about leah fritch man dude fuck yes I was, man <laughs> i know i was gonna say you guys are gonna be so pumped seeing him again i was so happy to see him and it sucked seeing him be the the devil on his utrid shoulder and kind of feeding him these terrible thoughts but in the end when he's talking to edward and the townspeople and you see leo fridge pop a little smile i'm just like let's yeah, go man. Leo well, let's up there go. in heaven just all happy and everything let's go <laughs> Dude, some of the side characters in this season stepped the hell up because mm-hmm. speaking of Leo Fritch, I have fallen in love with Osfirth. Is that his yes. name? Yeah, yeah. Osfirth. Osfirth. Dude, he came out of nowhere with his charisma and personality, and now he can fight and kill a little bit. Like He's he, got some he jokes, man. Awesome, man. I absolutely loved him. And Baby I think Monk. Finnan definitely surpassed Leo Fritch in my mind. I think he's he's probably number two in the show for me now. Yep. I Citrix just hoping, for me. Uh, well, yeah, okay. The man He's too, up yeah. there too now. But open question for Brian and Dave. When we were talking about Finnan briefly on the season two podcast, we kind of didn't even know his name. And I'm just questioning, were we not paying attention enough or did he just get a shitload more lines and like was way more important? Because obviously he was uh, way more important, but what, I, I don't gen- remember him. I genuinely did not catch his name through my watch through and he was not nearly as highlighted last season as this season. So I think he just did. And when Jimmy put a name to him, oh, Phenom, yeah. what about Phenom? I was just like, oh, is that that guy? Yeah, he was the fucking man. So no, yeah. he, I knew that he was the man in season two, but they highlighted him more this season. Yeah. I feel like he was definitely emphasized a lot towards the end when he's actually in battle with Uhtred and everything. And you're seeing him around Uhtred a lot. I think obviously it picks up more in this season, but towards the end with all the battles, I think he made a lot more appearances and it was hard for us to get the name down because he was only major towards the end of the season. And Dude, he's, a man. he's the man. Just for clarification, was he a slave with? Yes. Yeah, he was the okay. one that was a slave. He, he was so, the guy that he met in the slave ship. Yeah. So Finnan's the ultimate best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, he literally is. And the big thing about Finnan in season two, to your guys' defense, he is the one who's with Uther during his whole slave journey. And we are paying a lot more attention at the time to Halleck because he's our boy and Finn kind of the new guy. Mm-hmm. But then that big scene that I brought up in the last podcast where Ragnar says, oh, you guys are brothers now. And he's like, yeah, yeah we might as well be. And then yep. from there on, he's the ultimate best friend as a sidekick in battle as a badass. But then season three, they give him so much more personality. Uhtred goes to him for counsel like he literally is his boy. You know, and it's his number two straight up. And the entire group is awesome. Citric, Finnan. I mean, I wish we could have a warrior Hild with them, but Osfer, they're a great group. 
Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Let's be honest. Who thought Citric was actually betraying Uhtred? Because me, I okay, yeah. okay, okay. did. I Funny. believed it. Finnan claims he didn't. That fucker believed it too. I'm so happy that you guys say that because I wanted to know. Because here's the deal: here, watching it in hindsight. So watching it my multiple times for this podcast. The first time I was like, "Oh my god, my freaking boy just betrayed me!" Mm-hmm. Like I literally was so mad at him. But then rewatching it, I was like, "Wow." This is so obvious if you know it's supposed to be there, because when they're having this argument, Uhtred's making sure that the guy that's that that's the Dane that's caught is there listening in and they make sure that it's a conversation in, in front mm. of him. And you see him you see him specifically glancing over being like, what are, what are we talking about? Yeah, are you guys mad oh at each other. God. Like, it's so obvious if you're in hindsight. But I'm telling you, I. I was actually thinking it was so obvious that I was like. When I watched the first time, did I just like go get a drink or something and miss something like yeah. but you guys saying that makes me so much feel so, so much better. The only thing I'm recalling is in the build up to that scene, people were questioning why why are the prisoners of war being marched into the Great Hall? Like, that's not a thing we ever do. Yep. Uhtred was just like, ah, I want to feed him a meal, whatever. Yep. So, yep. yeah. I was so convinced that he was going to be bad <laughs> that I was already in my head crafting up how I was going to shit on him on the podcast. <laughs> You're I swear to God, taking notes I was like, how you hate him because I liked him so much and it felt like such a bad twist of him being yeah. evil that I was like, I have to destroy this dude on the podcast now and I don't want to. So I was it was the biggest sigh of relief when he comes back and yield, they hug and it they out. Hug. He says, yield yeah. to me. And oh, then my they just God, man. I, he is. Dude, the squad right right now is so fucking phenomenal that I'm just terrified because like I feel like someone's going to die. At least one of them is going to die in season four is like a prediction I'm going with. Well, guess what? Too much happiness. Yeah, too much happiness. At the end of this episode, let's save that. Put a pin in it and we will do that. Which one do you guys think if you think someone's going to die in the next season? I was so worried when when I got to episode 10, I was like, one of those three is going down and this was the happiest quote unquote ending we got to a season, I would say, in the fact that everyone lives and the bad guys do lose and aren't able to recover too much. Do we want to start getting to maybe some major plot points? Like the first one that comes to mind is like Ragnar. If we want to. Yeah, we could talk about yeah. Ragnar. Uh, yeah. Luke, this kind of went along with your theme of the mid season, which yep. up until this season would have been episode four, but Ragnar's death was the end of episode four, which is right in line with that huge episode right in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. What can I say though? I mean, Ragnar was going to kill Ethelwald. That's where that was heading. Ethelwald. I mean, he's such a rat the way he did it, but like he was in a corner. Mm-hmm. I rat's going to do what a rat's got to do to survive. See, Cockroach. <sighs> Cockroach. I don't know, man. To be completely honest, I do think that Ragnar would have gone for Ethelwald and probably killed him at some point. But I think Canute was just straight up manipulating there. Like, I don't really think Ragnar had Ethelwald on his mind that much. At, mm-hmm. Besides that first encounter where they're throwing down, which was kind of funny. And Ethelwald was like, oh, he caught me off guard. I would have mm-hmm. <laughs> made it a fight. But no, I, I, I honestly do think that it was all Canute just making... Ethelwald think it needed to be done now, like right now. And then it, you know, got it in his head. And it was a true statement, though. It was a true statement when Knut said, and I like how he said, tonight Ragnar is one man and tomorrow he'll be a totally different person because they do do that all the time in Last Kingdom where they're like, all right, guys, ale, women, over, battle time, let's go, you know? Yeah. So that's a good catch. 
he would have been a different person, but I, I don't know. I think it was mainly Knut there. I don't think Ethelwald would have completely gone through with it. I think I agree with you, Jimmy, in the fact that he just Canute was the one just saying, just go for it. You're the one that's plotting all this shit. Why don't you finally just go and do something that'll put you in a better position? And he listens. So kind of takes away from us complimenting him being so good at the game. If he got manipulated like that. But I also, when you say it like that, I think it's more, it is more about at the world getting manipulated the last second because Ragnar was yeah, pissed off, but it seemed like he was mostly emotional because of the whole Utrid leaving yeah. thing. And like, yeah. that's such a demoralizing part of the whole going to war. At this point in time, though, if Ethelwald had already put all of his chips on aligning himself with the Danes, uh, trying to appease kind of the hierarchy, which at the time would have been all four of them, Blood Hare, Heston, mm-hmm. uh, Ragnar and Canute, like to appease all of that hierarchy, it's take out Ragnar and then curry favor with the other three. And that's kind of was his best option after putting all of his chips into the Danes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why Canute is quote unquote smart as well, because him and Ethelwald both did agree and understand that while Ragnar is alive, it's going to be a totally different war camp and a totally different army because of the whole Uhtred situation. And they thought he was weak for letting Uhtred go. And, and <laughs> to what you guys were hoping wasn't going to be a thing, Ethelwald knows that as long as Uhtred's alive, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So his whole thing is he needs to be dead and Ragnar won't let that happen. No matter how pissed off he is, he won't let that happen. So Knut and Ethelwald, yeah, it was 100% something where I think Knut manipulated him, but Ethelwald knows it was the it was technically the right choice for him. Mm-hmm. It's so upsetting to think about when Ethelwald just is shanking Ragnar and Ragnar's reaching for his sword and uh, Ethelwald just doesn't give him Valhalla. I was and in the in the moment, I thought it was he was trying to grab the sword to kill Ethelwald, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But looking back, I've it makes it so much more irking to me that he did that. And I just was so happy that Uhtred was able to get his I love that story too. How they made it a big thing to get him to Valhalla. That and even though he was in Nilfheim, the Valhalla angle is so awesome to me. Mm -hmm. Like it was so subtle in season one. Like it started with like Abba was the first big decision where Uhtred allowed Abba to go to Valhalla with the axe because he respected him so much, and it got Mm -hmm. important again in season two with Kiartan. Like that was a huge point. Like I really love. I was so down with that mini arc of dealing with the Valhalla thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so yeah. badass. But I will, you know, back to Ragnar, like, man, my jaw was on the floor. That felt slightly like Red Wedding-esque, where I was yeah. just watching this happen and it was destroying me. And I was just like, oh, my God, he just kept on stabbing him. He even fucking killed the, the girl that was going to be, you know, hold his other kids. Like, wow, sure. man. We can have this talk if we want, but it'll be probably saved for a whole nother podcast at another time. But I don't know another character that had this kind of situation in TV where, you know, they they flesh him out for two seasons where he's really looking like he's probably going on the trajectory of getting better, becoming a better person, you know, where he starts off as the POS and he's still like that, but he is moving towards where you think most people would theorize if you had to theorize, just like you guys did, that he was going to be good by the end of it. And he totally went full, full, full villain. Not just like, oh, he might have made a sketchy decision. No. Mm-hmm. Everything about him is, I'm a bad guy now. Yeah. I think it was just the cards played so well in his favor. He just saw the opportunity that he had to take it with Uhtred being banished and um, 
everything going on with the Danes, it was just opportunity for him. And I think he capitalized very well, but not well enough because he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) He is dead. Dude, Alfred should have taken him out when he said he was going to back in the day when uh, when he first got crowned king, if he was going to try and make a claim. And let's talk about it, too, real briefly with the eye. That was fucking crazy (laughs) when he I really obviously wanted him to die in that moment. But to see him like writhing in pain from being burned in the eye, that just it was so awful. I couldn't watch. That was a bad decision for a king by Alfred to let him live. That was the second time he did something that would have been worthy of the death penalty that he let him off the hook. I I mean, I guess taking away an eye like that isn't letting him off the hook, but like that would only fuel his revenge and hatred towards Alfred more if left alive. Like a king has to pull the trigger. All right, bro. I let you live the first time and you fuck me again. You're out. It is so annoying how back in the day like that, he could just be like, yeah, I was in Daneland, but I was like working for you, man. Like, yeah, you saw me there yeah. and I looked like I was doing bad shit, but really prove it, dude. Prove it. Like, I was happy. So crazy. I was happy he took the eye because then he got to suffer for longer mm-hmm. before like going out. And also, like, what are the chances that you live from that in the year yeah, 800? Right. Like you take a cut, you can 50, 50 percent chance you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how you somehow live from that, but it was kind of cool how he leaned into it. Like when as soon as he had the opportunity to take the bandage off, he kind of ripped it off and just was I was a full villain. Just going to make that comment. I love that scene when the music is just hitting and it's mm-hmm. him turning around and taking off the bandage. I like the look of the bandage better, obviously, because we don't have to look at his terrible looking (laughs) eye. But the concept of that just becoming his villain moment was really cool. For what it's worth, Ethelwald's revolt is a real thing that happened. Ethelwald's revolt was an attempt by Ethelwald to seize the Anglo-Saxon throne from Edward the Elder after the death of Alfred the Great in 899. Wow. Oh, so they got the timeline a little messed up then. No, I think that plays in, right? No, I mean, yeah, that, no, it's that's pretty it's right because Alfred dies. Edward, Edward is trying to take the throne as the as the mm. Etheling, right? right? That's what you say, Etheling, yeah. And then Ethelwald, Ethel, 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 <laughs> jump tries to jump in and, and say he should be king. No Ethel Stan this season, which we talked about, right? Is that his name, Ethel Stan? Uh, uh, Guthrum, the guy yes. at the end of season one that gets yeah, yeah, that's who you're talking Christian. about. But he never, he just faded and just wasn't important, I guess. There might no be Gutrid a- this season either. No wow. Gutrid this season. I didn't think about that, actually, because yeah. I just oh, didn't wow. like him that much. Yeah. I hope he comes back because otherwise, what the fuck's going on in Northumbria? Like, we mm-hmm. should have heard yeah. if it's no longer Gutrid. Right. It was a shift of power. But speaking of Ethel's, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> Ethel Wren because Red. Fuss- Red. 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 I, I have Wren again <laughs> in my notes. That was what I had it for season two, and it still continues to be Ethel Wren. But Kylo Ethel Wren. Red. <laughs> sucks because one he had the whole thing where he was trying to kill Ethel fled and two he stabbed Aldhelm which yeah uh, I like him actually a lot more this season but Ethel Red Ethel Red needs to <laughs> get fucking an axe he needs to get got yeah he needs he needs it man Ethel Red just if he was just like slightly nicer <laughs> well I was just gonna say like have some sort of morality he would be in such a good position right like he's already so king of Mercia like he had the backing of Alfred he had Alfred's daughter like all he had to do was be chill and he just is such a dick for no reason Aldhelm was a good advisor too yeah yeah. yeah. honestly both all I equate Aldhelm and uh, Sigbricht 
who was Ethelwald's kind of like number two while he was trying to usurp the throne. I equate those two characters together because they were both the very capable right-hand man of someone who was meaning wrongdoing in Ethelwald and uh, Ethelred. Ethelred. Does Otta the Elder fall into that too? What, Alfred? I don't think Alfred was it. No, it's like an advisor, just like a good top. Is that what you were saying? But Brian was comparing the two of them to someone who has like the wrong intentions. Oh, oh, oh. Good sorry. followers for bad rulers. Yeah, that's what I was you. trying to say. Um, yeah, I, and that's all I had to say. Uh, but say, but I did like both of those characters. Um, and poor Sigbrecht, I he was played a pivotal role in the background because in the final battle, the decisive one, Ethelwald was, was just like, My boy's coming, my boy's coming. And had he followed through with the plan that he made. It could have been a battle, like a legit battle, and who knows which way it would have went. But like he sided with the Sackinsons, and that that was enormous. Mm-hmm. I yep, honestly hated Sigbrick until that moment. I was like, of course, yes, love this guy. Yeah. dude, the kids of Alfred are money, man. They're they're mm-hmm. awesome characters. Yes. Like Ethel Fled is already cemented as just she can pretty much do no wrong. Like she released Uhtred from his vow. So he didn't have to get tied up on that unless he wanted to, which he obviously did. She comes to the aid at the end when she needs to. And then she actually starts to handle Ethel red, which is kind of cool to see because she's, she was getting owned in the beginning, the first couple interactions. And then just to go into Edward, because this is more his season. He blew me away too. Like he was just awesome. And then the way he gained Alfred's respect as a king in the very, very end, and the way that Uhtred, I'm sure, now respects him too, just because of how he holds up his his word and like actually makes kingly decisions that for the good of the Saxons, like all of that. There were some really, really peak moments for Edward this this season, and Ethelfled just slays though. Couldn't agree more. Love Edward. Love Ethelfled. And Jimmy, you de- you brought it up in the season two podcast, but. Even so, more so this season, I really am seeing the Sansa Stark parallels, you know, with the the shitty mm-hmm. husband. And now she's kind of learning to fend for herself a little bit, which is mm-hmm. great to see. She's pushing back on Ethelred, which I love to see. And Edward just coming in to support Uhtred in that moment, even though Alfred sucks and was holding back his troops and was waiting for Edward to make the call to, to jump in. But Edward's I awesome. I want to talk about that. Yeah, and also the Sansa Stark comparison though it works even better when you think about the Battle of the Bastards, how Sansa shows up with the army and just like Ethel Vlad. That's such a good comparison. Exactly. Yeah. But the biggest shocker for me, relating to still talking on Alfred's kids with Ethel Vlad, was the actual forwardness of her trying to hook up with Uhtred, because I mentioned Mm. that last season when we talked about girls that would have been good for Uhtred. I like casually said her but she was too young and we talked about that age difference but she made a full-on move and i was pretty impressed she's like she's she says like who's who's gonna know you know like that was that was cool she's a queen man yeah she can do whatever she wants i mean that's what i was gonna ask you guys like did you expect that to happen in this season were you surprised when she made the move or did you feel it coming I was surprised. I just didn't think she would have the balls to do it. There was definitely some tension, like romantic tension between the two, but I didn't think either was going to act on it. And Uhtred knows that he cannot ever act on it. Well, Mm -hmm. let's never say never now that (laughs) Alfred's out of the way. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I mean, needs to die probably. Yeah, he does. And, And going back to even season one throughout the three seasons, if you really do look back at it, they have the whole thing where it is building and they're planting seeds where she's just like so into Uhtred where she like believes in him and she mm-hmm. and even Alfred says it to Ellsworth where he's like for some reason she 
believes in Uhtred and she has faith in him. And, and she always says like, oh, I knew you would come throughout. You know, it's just something where that underlying faith and devotion and love for him hasn't mm-hmm. been there since she was a little kid. It's just obviously weird because, uh, like we said, the time difference. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I thought the relationship with Eric crushed that because I did feel that building as well in season two. But then I thought it was just out the window when she had Eric's kid. And then, like, she kind of moved on and he was more just like knight in shining armor, just Dude, protecting her. Prove it. It's it's Ethelred's <laughs> kid. Prove it. So True. I kind of want to I kind of want to talk about uh, one of the scenes that stands out to me is kind of that standoff when Heston goes to the monastery that he knows Ethelfled mm-hmm. is at and Uhtred intercepts. Like, I thought that whole standoff was amazing. First off, where they just pack in the doors of the churches with the shield wall and they trade Skade for Ethelfled's life. I was like, thank God Skade's getting away from Uhtred. First off, Ethelfled secured the bag. But <laughs> what? do we think about Uhtred's decision to turn his back on young Ragnar consequentially to go down and save Ethelfled? That kind of seemed like, yeah, Ethelfled has my sword, but at the same time, like, was that enough to turn his back on the Danes at that point in time? I feel like it was kind of a cop out that he used because he was conflicted. I like the decision. I mean, if I was in his shoes there, I would have made the decision to go say Ethel, Ethel fled too. I mean, he's known her since she was a child, has had plenty of interactions with her growing up, and that's someone he obviously deeply cares for. And if you're in a situation where, you know, you know one of your good friends is in a fine place right now where he's happy, he's drinking a lot of ale with burrito and everything, <laughs> and your other friend is literally about to get shamed through all of like Wessex, you know, I think it's the good decision that he made to go and save her person. That's personally what I thought. I think honestly, it's just his excuse because I think he saw the writing on the wall that the Dane army was just a mess. You know, seeing that you had Ragnar, Yes, he's the leader, but after what we know about Bloodhair and especially Heston, could he really reel those two in to make it an actual army and getting back to our conversation about Finnan, his boy, the guy who gives him his best counsel, he said to him straight up, like, we're, we're not staying here, right? We can't stay here. Like, I expected yeah. you to want to go to Bevenberg, maybe not back to Winchester, but I didn't come here to turn right around and fight Alfred with these with these crazy people, meaning Heston and Bloodhair. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, Finnan respected Ragnar, but the army as a whole was just a mess. And Ethelfled was a good reason for him to to peace out pretty much. Yeah, Finnan has never given bad advice, as far as I can recall. He's the man. Always listen to what he says. But <laughs> I don't necessarily know how I feel about Uhtred leaving the Danes, but I do think that Ragnar had every right to be upset with him and mad at oh, him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I think yeah. we could talk about Breeden a little bit, too, but she went a little overboard in blaming like Uhtred directly for Ragnar's death, which he's obviously part of it. But putting Brita aside for now, like everything that Ragnar did and all of his reactions, I thought were justified. I like trying to objectively look at the sides. I thought Uhtred should have just stayed with the Danes. I knew like it wouldn't make for good TV. I knew that wasn't going to happen at all. He had to be, you know, follow his sense of morality, but that leads me to my other biggest gripe about the season. The first was how Skade makes all of Uhtred's decisions feel sometimes wrong to me. And the second one, and I've brought this up, Maybe it's been off podcast. Maybe it was a little bit last podcast, but I just absolutely hate how they keep the show keeps harping on the fact that the Saxons are 
objectively moral over the Danes, which yeah. to me is so incorrect because, I mean, it, it might be the right way to look at it because the Danes pillage and stuff, and this is foreign lands to them. But to Utrid as someone who's like kind of in the middle, I just feel like the way that the show's taking this angle where he's got to be the good guy and go save Ethelfled. Like why? The Saxons are cocks. Like fucking Alfred is like a dick all the time. And he does things that are just super selfish and against even just like the good of like whatever Uhtred's objectives are. Like it's to me, it just felt weird that they were painting the Saxons as this, the moral side constantly and just having Uhtred have to be that knight in shining armor or else he wasn't following like his personal code. So like I knew that's where the show was going to go because of writing and real life and stuff. But to me, it just felt a little, I don't know. Am I, am I going too far into this? Like, do you guys think like, are the Danes objectively the evil side? Yeah, I, I think objectively they are. And it's because they're the ones invading this land, trying to take everything that they have. And every Dane we've come across has played the part of what they're supposed to be, except for Ragnar and Uhtred and, it's just an it's interesting to me just because he grew up with Ragnar and has this bond with him, but also now he's made these bonds in uh, Wessex and Winchester and he's torn and uh, it's so like his religion is from the Danes, his family he considers like the Danes, his fighting style and his culture is all the Danes. And what he had like a good five years serving Alfred, and even then Alfred was still dicking him over to me. Look, it's just you know. I would just say that the Danish culture lends itself to them just being vilified. Like they go to a place, yes. they kill everyone in sight, and then they move on to the next place. The Saxons don't operate like that. Even like in their homes, they drink, get drunk mm-hmm. every single night. Like they're kind of like the Dothraki fights just break mm-hmm. out. Dude dies at a party. It's like, that's, that's what they do. And I agree I, with that from like a 2022 perspective, but like from Uhtred's, why I don't, I just don't get, I think why, even, after the five years he spent with the Saxons as an adult, he probably went back to the Danes for the first time. Uh, he went back to live with the Danes and immerse himself in that culture for the first time since he was mm-hmm. a kid. And he looked around and he was just like, ah, oh, fuck, they are uncivilized. Like, this is how they live. This is crazy. But more than that, I think what Jimmy was saying, how he saw that, like, the merging of three danish leaders and their forces it never works it always breaks mm-hmm. down in the hierarchy because three top dogs can't coexist yeah okay i mean like yeah. i buy all of that and i definitely it's so easy to play devil's advocate to my opinion because it, it's full of holes like you can objectively from now look at the danes as being evil but here's a question then hypothetically if we're in the same exact situation but at the fled is not like under there's no oath and like she's not in any she's danger duress, yeah. and pretty much Uhtred's sitting there with Ragnar and this council and it's looking like the Danes are going to win. Would you still think Uhtred would have left and went to the Saxon side regardless of like all of these externalities that the show put us through? I think yes, personally, just because of you like think- the morality. Yes, that's the part so, that I don't love. Yeah, so. Before I answer that question, the thing I wanted to say was that I think that Uhtred totally went the wrong way about leaving Ragnar Mm -hmm. in the way where it pretty much just gets the beans spilled by Ethelwald. And then Uhtred does tell Ragnar the truth where he's like, listen, this is not going to work. Like, you're the leader. Like, but look at this. This is this is ridiculous. Like this Heston blood hair. You're you're the leader, but you're not going to be able to lead this whole entire army. You're going to fall apart and you're going to lose and you're going to die. Mm-hmm. But he does it in front of every single person, every Dane, 
that's important. Everybody's watching. It basically belittles Ragnar in front of everybody. Like, you know that that's not going to work out. And it says something about Ragnar because we know the personality of the Danes. Ragnar should have straight up set up the square right there for him and Uhtred based yeah. on how Uhtred kind of embarrassed him. You know, if he was smart, and if he, you know, if it would have went the way I would have liked it to go, he could have been like Ragnar, like not that whole scene wouldn't have happened. Ethelwald wouldn't have been Ethelwald and, and caused it. But if he would have took Ragnar and even breeded it to the side and been like, guys, do you really think Heston and Bloodhair are going to follow you? Do you really think you're going to win? Because I've been with the Saxons for however long. And I know now that you are going to lose unless you are one unified army and you're not going to be a unified army while Heston and Bloodhair are alive pretty much because yeah. you're saying you're the leader, but they still think they're the leaders too. You know, that's how I would have liked it to go. Um, it's definitely like an interesting question because there's so many times where Utrecht is very like hypocritical in what he says and what he thinks and what he does, because let's just take it to the monastery scene where the nuns or whatever, the abbesses, whoever are saying something about there's heathens outside and blah, blah, blah. And he says, well, like, what if I'm uh, baptized at birth, but heathen at heart, you know, and he always says stuff like that, like mm -hmm. I'm a heathen at heart or I'm a Dane at heart. But really, in the last couple of seasons, what has he actually done to prove he's Dane at heart? He really does. He has been moving towards the Saxon side of things. I don't know what the right answer to that is, like whether I think he should have like in that hypothetical situation should have to stay with the Danes and took over or if he would go back to Alfred. But there is scenes where like even the Finnan scene where he says, like, I'm not going to I don't want to go back after Alfred. Like, I, even though I'm pissed at him, I don't have any need to go after him right now. Mm -hmm. And even in their final scene together, he was like, I, I could have beat the shit out of you. And I would have liked it probably, but I would have never killed you. Mm -hmm. I would have never been the one to kill Alfred. So. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I, without the ethel flood reason, I, what That's would what the saying. reason like, would be? He yeah. What would the reason be? Dane? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, cause what do you say? Like, if he doesn't have the excuse, how do you just say, nah, I'm out. Unless you do have that meeting with Ragnar and say like, this isn't going to work, bro. And let's see how we can figure this out. It's a good thing. He had the reason. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's a bad thing. He had the reason. Well, I think I in think the end, it's going to work out. <laughs> I do think that in his heart, he always was hoping that he would go back to the Danes and be with Ragnar. And, and that was, you know, if Ethelflaer wasn't a reason, maybe that was his excuse. But I do think he got smarter and smarter. And the fact that Heston and Bloodhair were a thing was always going to be something that's an issue for him. Mm -hmm. I was just harping on that point. It's just something I noticed that they do. They've been doing since the beginning and just feels weird because Uhtred is the, from the background of Danes. And he's still like you're saying, he identifies as a Dane still. Yep. But then he's just always rejected. It's I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's a it's a complicated situation that he's in because he's half and half. Right. Like, that's the whole purpose yeah. of the show is he's going to be the one I'm thinking that unites both sides at some point. Just while we're on the topic of vaguely the Danish great army, I wanted to hear everybody's thoughts on the three main Danish warlords that we had introduced this season. And that would be Canute uh, Heston. Again, he was both seasons and blood hair. Three very different guys. Um, I respected and hated them for different reasons. I just wanted to open the floor for what you guys thought about it. Because Canute is still alive, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. Canute was technically not at the level of Heston and Bloodhair and Ragnar until Ragnar died. Um, Dave, you can go first. I see your hand up. 
Now, I just wanted to shout out Heston's actor. I think he absolutely killed it as Heston. Yeah. That being said, I hated Heston. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He's obviously just a, a worm, just like Ethelwald, just only in it for himself. So I'm not crazy about him as a person, but I think the actor kills it with him, like the spitting and just the, the look in his eyes of just constant, like, I want to murder people is just incredible, I think. Um, and I liked, I thought blood hair was cool. All these characters got lamer after Uhtred put them in their place. You know, I didn't have much respect for blood hair after he uh, ran away lost from the Skade. battle. Yeah, yeah. Lost the battle, ran away from Skade and Hessen's a worm. And, um, Canute is also a worm. I'm like just a <laughs> bunch of worms. Yeah, they are. I mean, that really kind of goes to the point of what Luke was saying, where it's like they all almost all are portrayed as villainous. You know, mm-hmm. they're all villains, you know, and and the only one who isn't is Ragnar. And even Brita at times could be a foil, yeah. even though this season was a little bit better for her. Luke, I, I'm honestly starting to hear what you're saying about how they're just portrayed as morally wrong, because this is in contrast to last season where we got Eric and Siegfried and we were raving about how they were like really well written characters. And even mm-hmm. when they made the wrong decisions, it made sense. Now it just seems like they were written to be like bad people, yeah. like all three of them. It does make the decision easy as a TV viewer to root for the Saxons because for sure, I mean, I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to Dane leaders for this exact reason. All you got to do is be a little badass and just be able to fight and just like yeah. fuck shit up. Uh, like that's exactly what Heston was. Uh, Canute is a little bit lower on my list just because I, I just can't get behind the mindset of doing all of that betrayal to your cousin because Ragnar yeah, was yeah. his cousin. And Ragnar's- then going back to Brita. Yeah, exactly. After. Wait, so does that I mean, mean Utrid and Canute cousins? No, well, no, no, well not they don't consider it, I guess. They, yeah, and I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if it's through the mom or the dad. I don't know if you say Ragnarsson means only through the dad's side. I have no idea, if but Canute no, it's not maybe, blood. If Canute was maybe around when they were younger, maybe, he would yeah. identify him as a cousin, but I don't think he's. But that. I don't have much to say on Heston, but Bloodhair, to me, I thought he was going to have more of an impact. He really just served to highlight the like obsession you get over skade and it felt like yeah. he was more about skade yeah. because he so was obviously blood drinking man he was gonna fall yeah them. that's that was even utrid even utrid dude oh. freaking me out yeah even <laughs> like bloodhair was gonna win the fight against has against heston before he got oh, yeah poisoned or whatever and i have no idea how it would have continued on past that because that skade was just a wild card that wasn't like canute's plan right so that could have been interesting. But yeah, I felt like blood hair just was all about skate and it just didn't. I thought he was going to do more based on his like character archetype. I thought he was going to be more f- like a bigger fighter and stuff. But, you know, they were just three Dane warlords. And I know that Canute's going to have something to do in the next season. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I think Heston was obviously portrayed as the worst. And when I say worst, I mean bad, but also least competent as the fighter and the person I would least want to be the actual leader. Blood hair was portrayed as an actual great fighter. Heston throughout his whole thing has been like, all right, you're the cockroach, you're living, but he pretty much loses every time. Blood hair I took as a good fighter, but just manipulated like crazy by Skade. And then mm-hmm. Canute was just another one who was using the manipulation on his side. And I agree with you 100%, Luke. But I, I think that Canute and Bloodhair would have been better leaders by far than Heston. Yeah. Let's just round out the Danes here and just talk about Brita because I think she's the last main person we need to speak on. Um, because 
to me, based on a comment that you already said, Jimmy, we might not even completely agree here. You liked Brita a lot this season. Is that what you're? No, no, no. I just said that she was, I was saying she was being portrayed maybe as a foil at times, but I think that this season was a little bit better because of the conversation she has with Uhtred where they kind of agree to disagree and they say that we love each other as friends mm-hmm. and we're half each other's lives. But, you know, I'll kill you if I have to. Just like Ragnar. Yeah. Ragnar has said it. But, I mean, yeah. Brita before was just like a biatch to Uhtred. Mm-hmm. I think this season was better in that way. This was the best of the three seasons for Brita so far. Luke, you said that she was overly critical to Uhtred's betrayal of Ragnar, like directly pinning the death uh, the fault of the death at Uhtred. And I think she was just trying to over-exaggerate it because who else in the world is going to make Uhtred feel like shit for betraying his family, which mm-hmm. is what he yeah. did. Burita has to take ownership of that and making him feel as bad as possible yeah. for betraying the family. Um, that said, too, I mean... The assumption was when Ragnar passed, his forces go to Brita, which was something I did not expect. I didn't know that women held any power in kind of the Danish hierarchy, but they can. So, like, she has chips now. She is kind of like in the Danish hierarchy, which I think is awesome. She's settling down with Canute, but I think those dots are going to be connected at some point that Canute was the one that orchestrated Ragnar's uh, assassination. And I think mm. Brita is going to get her revenge in short order. Um, also, apparently she is very educated in the ways of sorcery and stuff. I thought that was yeah. awesome. She was the only one that just put skate in her place was just like, yeah, well, I got this post with a severed elk head. Like, shut the fuck up, skate. I know what's <laughs> good here. Yeah, I really liked Brita. And I think going forward, she's going to play an influential role for the Danes. Yes. And she's curse free now, too. Yes, she is. Oh, my gosh. That aside that they had with story was awesome. And I was really <laughs> hoping that they would just throw each other like a platonic friends with benefits bang now that they both <laughs> didn't have a significant other and they were just there. I wish they like locked eyes and were just like for old time's sake. Hell yeah. It's funny too, like the fact that Utra had no idea why she was killing story. He was just like, what is going on? Yeah, right yeah, now? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was a really cool twist that the lore is you need to kill without, without breaking blood yeah. of the sorcerer. That's really awesome. awesome. But I'll start this Brita talk with just saying that I, think she completely redeemed herself in that in that little side quest episode with Ragnar and I was a little upset about it because I was hating her and I was openly hating her before that and I was comfortable to like come on the podcast and finally say fuck Brita and she turned it around in that episode so I was a little annoyed at that because I was I was ready to hate on her but she does have that one moment when Uhtred originally is about to leave and he gets thrown into the square right isn't that against blood hair Oh, yeah. She's pissed. Yeah. She's super and pissed. She's, within three seconds, she's screaming, kill him, like fucking oh, murder yeah. Uhtred. And to me, that yeah. right there was when I was like, okay, well, fuck her. Like, I can now say it without feeling guilty because fuck her. But then, you know, that whole journey redeemed her. And I do think she's she's much better now. And she's like when she saved Uhtred at the battle in the very end, when she threw the, knife, the axe at the guy that was about to kill Uhtred, yep. you know, I think slate wash clean. I'm willing to be open minded about her. Definitely still not a top five character. But maybe not a bottom three either. So I'm all like right I'll say is she's just okay for me. I mean, agreed. I hated her <laughs> through all that shit, and then she redeemed herself at the end. So mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to say, you know, more burrito. We want more burrito, but I'm not saying like cut her out completely. Luke, you yeah. said maybe not bottom three. I would hope the burrito is definitely no, not anywhere near the bottom three. She's middle of the pack. Yeah, mm. she's middle. Yeah. The last thing I, I'll say about burrito to what Brian was saying about her having the men. I think she's an outlier where the men just respect her to stay with her. Like it wasn't like, oh, you're Ragnar's wife. So now we're going to stay with her. I think it was that they respect her and they're going to stay with her. I agree with that point too, but yeah. doesn't, isn't that a plus for Brita that Ragnar's men respect? Yeah. Her yeah. Yeah. I was stay just saying with her until. Oh yeah. You know, until the power I was, shifts. I was just saying that um, you had said, I didn't realize that women would have a spot. Like I didn't know, right. like meaning like they would go from Ragnar to Brita, like probably mm. in, normally they wouldn't, but because they respect her, they did. I gotcha. You know? Yeah. Um, I do want to pivot. So the cure to get Ragnar from Niflheim to Valhalla was to use a sword dipped in the blood of Ragnar to kill the person who assassinated him. And that takes us full circle to the only living blood relative of Ragnar, who is Tura. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into this meaty storyline of Tura and Bianca. We haven't mentioned either of them all podcasts. And I think it's because we were all avoiding what happened <laughs> to poor Tura. Jesus. The pain, the pain. My Quick God. aside, that kill we didn't mention in the Ethelwald talk was amazing. When Uhtred just throws the bag of blood at him and just fucking just kills Ooh, him. Yeah. Wow, dude, that was so badass. That's just you always need a reminder of how badass Uhtred is and for me, right there, that was the moment of the season. It was so awesome. Mm. But anyway, back to Tura. I mean, just such a horrible death. She was being heckled by this dude. Bianca comes in, big bodies the dude. He ain't hiding behind these cloaks. You kidding me? Bianca's the man. Mm -hmm. But then, uh, what's this dude? Like Tidman or something? He just heckles her, follows her home. I, what a horrible way to die. Just being trapped under a burning building and like, fuck me, man. That was just so sad. She went at to least she gave herself, though. Yeah, at least she gave herself the warrior's death and didn't have to deal with the burning alive thing. Yeah. But it is awful. I mean, like you said, the entire storyline with her being heckled and her trying to be as nice as can be. And, you know, we already know the shit she's dealt with. And Bianca's acting, Ian Hart's acting when he's saying she's been through enough when he goes after the guy. It is. I've said it already once like, about something else, but it's heart wrenching, man. It's it is good writing. It's crazy how they wrote it to make you feel so bad for Tora and her ending. She did not deserve that at mm -mm. all. The I racism am... was just like so like what yeah. it would have been like all because of fucking Ethelwald. But I am down bad for my boy, Father Bianca. I am feeling for that man. I have so much sympathy and <laughs> I just would, I want to go in there and just hug the man. I just think he deserves a hug. And in episode 10, when he's like, give me like a short sword and spear, I'm ready for combat. Like I yeah. need to get yeah. out there. I was like, let's fucking go. This is my number <laughs> two favorite character without a doubt. Love this. And yeah, it was so exciting to see Tara's death and because I was really happy for them. They were such a great couple and they were just so good for each other. And it's just such a shame to go off that as well. Father Bianca's purpose now is going to be quite interesting to see. I think he's going to be a follower of Uhtred, like kind of joining with Finn and Citric and Osworth now that he doesn't really have a place in Wessex. Right. That's just a guess, but we'll, I'm very interested to see where he goes next. 
Well, he also respected Alfred to the highest degree. Alfred's out of the way. Aylesworth mm. told him he can't work at the castle anymore. So like Wessex is no longer his home. But also he said a line that makes me think that he's going to start keeping his faith at arm's length because when he was recounting the story of what he thought was how Tura died. He said something to the effect of, oh, good meaning Christian men, I'm sure, were the ones that took her yeah. out, saying that like he he blamed Christianity and their devout faith slash their hatred of the Danes for this happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bianca, man. What a guy. Uh, one last basic big scene we can get through is just Alfred's death, because this is the one that resonates with me the most, probably even more than Tura's death, because you've died before. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but it resonates it just comes full circle and i just love that alfred was finally able to forgive utrid that scene i was sitting here in the dark watching that episode and i was legitimately like tears were rolling down my face because i was just so happy that alfred was finally able to put a- aside his stubbornness and pardon utrid and that scene for me was the hook of this this season i couldn't get over it man that, i'm so happy that might be him. the best conversation of the entire series to me up to this point oh, yeah. like just yep. the weight behind everything he's saying alfred just being and utrid's facial so acting too like, with how he was just you could see with every sentence alfred was saying was just hitting utrid so hard you could see the the tears swelling up in his eyes it was so beautiful i love that scene there were just such amazing moments like when they talk about the history and jimmy you brought that up since back to the pilot i think you brought it up in the pilot was saying like how important written history is and they've talked about it constantly and like they have this whole conversation about utrid's not going to be mentioned in the history books of england and then even utrid himself says i was there every single step of the way like on every one of those pages utrid is there and there's just so much weight behind that and just the way alfred is remorseful about some of his mistakes that he's gone through and and one of the best things about it is we always talk about how rational and intelligent and a thinker he is he has this one moment with utrid where he finally admits like saying I always pride myself on my rationality, but what I did to your kids, that was just spiteful. And I'm sorry. Like he has, he just basically just clears the entire freaking air with him. And then it goes to show later when Utrid at Edwards, the outside scene where Edwards basically being pronounced King again, Asking judgment, like how Utrid just has so much respect for him and doesn't hold any of the negative decisions he made against him against Alfred. Like it was just so well done. And Alfred's arc to me felt so perfect just front to back it was amazing he was a great character and he has some awesome kids to like carry on the legacy of his name so Uchid's probably going to take that to heart and keep them both under his wing as he's kind of been shown to do the one thing i want to say is um god i was getting caught up in your conversation now i forgot (laughs) what i was gonna say you're getting a little teary again yeah that's it (laughs) cotton onions yeah i i really wanted to see what you guys thought about alfred this season because he starts off totally not the way that you want him to go luke and mm-hmm. especially luke because i know how you take those things to heart when they when someone sandbags our boy utrid in that scene where he's trying to force utrid to give his sword to edward and then utrid gets banished and takes alfred hostage and and actually hits him in the stomach you know obviously it's symbolism because his stomach's what's all screwed up and that was the low point the lowest of points for our boy mm-hmm. utrid and alfred but as I'm watching the entire season and getting to that last scene, 
honestly, I don't know if I got caught up in the moment or what, but the way that the acting was, like how great the conversation was, you guys already said it, but even when Uhtred later during the passing judgment scene explains like, damn, he's, he's a thinker. Like even right now, his decisions are forcing Edward to make a decision in front of everybody. And he probably did that on purpose as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I honestly keep Alfred in my top and I forgive some of the choices he's made. And especially because of that last conversation he had, where he basically says like, I clung to life this, however many weeks, months, hoping that we would be able to have this conversation and we could clear the air. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that Uhtred even turns and says, like I already said earlier, like I might've beat the shit out of you because you pissed me off here and there, but I could have never killed you. Like you were my boy. I respect the shit out of you. Like that is one of my favorite scenes of any show. Dude. And fuck it, man. You got me it, all yeah. freaking chills over <laughs> here, bro. It literally put Alfred back into my top. And I don't think it moves even based on his decisions. And just the scene like Alf, oh God, he's such a good character though, because like yep. even the scene where they're sitting there and we already brought up for a second, but when they're waiting and Alfred is sitting there waiting to go into battle and Edward's freaking out and, and Uhtred and them are getting, are getting slaughtered and Edward's going, they're getting slaughtered. They're getting slaughtered. It's so obvious that Alfred was doing that so that Edward would make that choice Dude. to say charge, you know? And at first you're like, damn, he's being a dick. And then as it goes on and, and then as Edward makes the decision and then, and then obviously there's hindsight and they explain it again later. It's like, God damn, another great decision from Alfred, man. He's so smart. Uh, yeah, I think Alfred is up there now. Like I hold nothing against him anymore. That final scene was a masterpiece. And to top it all off, dude, he was such a gangster shitting on Al Swift. Like saying, hey, like, you know, I'm going to die and she's going to do all this crazy shit that's going to negatively impact you. So you got to be ready for that. Basically, you got to take Edward under your wing. All of that, like everything he did was so amazing. And just like his actual death scene itself was just it was so sad. Like his wife turned around. She's she's already starting to plot and stuff. And he like reaches out to her because he knows he's about to die. Boom scene. Holy shit. I was so worried because of how terrible Alfred looked in that conversation that he was literally just going to kick the bucket in the room with Uhtred and then Aylesworth was going to show up and be like, you fucking killed him. Mm, Wow. I would have that would have been ridiculous. I would have hated that. I would have hated that and everything to do with that, but it didn't happen. So I was really happy, but I just wanted to put that there because my mind was thinking like this dude is going to kick the bucket and someone's going to see his Mm -hmm. dead body in this room with Uhtred. Another quick Mm -hmm. point too was in that conversation with Uhtred after Aylesworth came in and saw and left like at the end of the conversation, he says to him, he's like, yeah, like my wife probably just went out there and disobeyed me and came back with guards. So you got to be ready to like get the fuck out yeah. of here. He's yeah, just yeah. he's he's so smart. And you're right. Like in hindsight, almost everything he does is so strategic. And the things that aren't he calls out like like yeah. fucking with Uhtred's kids and stuff. Just fantastic character and all timer in across almost any show, like yep. everything about him got redeemed. We saw like the fall from grace in season one when he was not even, didn't even have his castle anymore. He was in the marshlands. Like we saw it all. He rejected his religion at points to help heal Edward, which is going to have a crazy butterfly effect. And just the way he's willing to work with Uhtred, who's a, at heart, a Dane just shows how forward and progressive thinking he was with just trying to create England. Just all of it was just so well done. And the writers just clap, clap, clap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey man, they call him the great for a reason, you know. Mm. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I I mean, he just said everything that he could only say on his deathbed. You know, he 
cards on the table. And I think it was all stuff that Uhtred was hoping that Alfred thought of him. You know, mm-hmm. there's always been an unspoken respect, but Alfred has has kind of turned his back to him so many times, banished him, et cetera, et cetera. After, you know, Uhtred was there at Enendum. Did Alfred forget that I was even there? Does he appreciate that I like saved his daughter Ethelfled not once but twice? Like mm-hmm. he's never heard Alfred praise him for these things. And then when he said, you know, your name's never going to be written here, but I will always know that it couldn't have happened unless I was standing on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said exactly that. Like that was not, a great line. Yeah. yeah he, he said, you you held me up, bro. Like you did it. And I don't even think Utra gives a fuck about being in the history books. He no, wanted he to look Alfred across the table, man to man, and just have him say, yes, Utra, I respect you. Mm-hmm. And he got mm-hmm. it. And I thought it was so perfect. Like when he held the fucking sword to his throat, Nutra didn't even blink. He was just like, I know you're not going to do it for the same reason. I couldn't do it, bro. We piss each other off, but you ain't going to do they it. They kept saying yeah. that they were bonded. And they said yeah. that multiple yeah. times. Yeah. But yeah, just put a bow around that character arc. It was so good. And honestly, when I'm thinking about it, like all of his worst decisions came in like his last two years of life when he probably would have been circling the drain, feeling horrible. And by the way, the disease that historians believe that he had was Crohn's disease, which is essentially just inflammation of the intestinal tract. It it's not a good one. It's either that or hemorrhoids. So he just had probably horrible intestines. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, clap, clap, clap. Alfred the Great. I think this was overall my favorite season. It goes three, (laughs) two, one. I think it just keeps getting better and better. And for me, this, I just fell in love with these characters. I don't know if it was the extra two episodes or what, but boy, did this season really hit for me. Yeah, I I think three three and two are pretty much tied. It's a little bit of a gap in between three and two and one just because of all the world building and characters and getting used to it all. But so this was a fucking fantastic season. Obviously, I, season four is going to be hype as shit. Yeah, I said this in a text, but this is easily becoming one of my top five favorite shows of all time. Love to hear it. Yeah. We're going to have yeah, to have another bracket one day. Yeah. One, yeah. We'll fight that's for Utrid. What... <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I, could yeah. I literally could not say anything about it during our brackets because no one else had watched it. Mm-hmm. We but, have the numbers now. It's going to be four on three. That's that last kingdom math right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is uh, we would beat those three in open, yeah. open field combat for Damn sure. Right. We have the numbers. This lends itself to how good this show is that I cannot straight up say which season I liked better than the others. I think all three were just so strong start to finish. The pilot is still probably in my top three favorite episodes. (laughs) I fucking loved that pilot. And I think it's going to be so easy for us to switch gears when we start covering it episode to episode or every other episode in season five, because these podcast recordings are fun to like look at it just with a big scope season to season, but episode to episode, there's so much that happens in every episode yeah. that we can go into those nitty gritty details yep. and deep dive it. And I'm so looking forward mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. So do yeah. we want to make some predictions or do we have any other characters oh, that we missed? Yeah. My predictions. I mean, all, <laughs> yeah. All I was going to say is that we say this every single pod. We say there's way too much per season for us to cover everything. Brian, you just nailed it anyway. The only thing I want to bring up last is the, the tag team, the brother-sister duo, Ethel Fled and Edward. Big things are coming for them. Hopefully, I think that me praising and us praising Alfred's arc 
also praises Edward's arc. Mm-hmm. It makes him look more kingly as the season goes on. I love how the arc starts the season where Alfred is kind of freaking out because he knows death's coming. He doesn't think Edward's ready. And Uhtred has this line with Edward that I freaking loved when he's tearing him up on the training grounds. And he's like, sacrifices were made so you could live. So don't freaking whatever he says after that is basically just like, don't waste it. And Edward has no idea. And not many people do know that Uhtred is basically saying my son died so you can live. So mm-hmm. you better use your life and, and use it well. Yeah. King Edward, man, sign me up. I'm ready for that arc. I predict some bad things to happen, though, because it seems like the Danes are pretty down bad right now. They do have. Cannot. Is that the only yeah. is that yeah. the only person we really know? And Brita, who's kind of neutral. We're getting and to the Heston. point. We're getting to the point in the story where I can finally start seeing how Uhtred is going to unite Saxons and Danes. Now that we're getting a lot of these more murderous Danes out of the ways. If Breed is like the last Dane standing and is leading all these men, then we can finally maybe have that uh, unity that Alfred was so much looking for. Well, Mm -hmm. we still obviously have to deal with the uncle. And that to me, I mean, I want to say next season, but who the fuck knows? I'm calling that's my prediction. Season five will be the uncle. If Bevenberg doesn't happen by the movie, um, this show is bottom five. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what if the movie is completely an isolated movie of him dealing with Bevenberg? It's called Seven Kings. So I'm assuming it's going to be different. Oh, well, that's a spoiler. It's going to be it's going to be like the Knights of the Round Table. We got Citric. Finn and Osborne <laughs> all the, at the round table. We need four more kings. No, nah, to me, this would be like Luffy not becoming the Pirate King, bro. He's destined to sit on the throne of Ebenberg, so that's yeah. just gonna fucking happen. And then we have to deal with the three stains we just said, or two, is it? It's just Heston, Heston Canute, Canute, and Brita, we don't have to deal with Brita. Yeah, just yeah. okay. So yeah. those two, and then Ethelred, right? Is there any other threats? Uncle Ethelred and the Ailswith. two, and the two Aelswith. I think she's gonna be a problem, especially now, that's especially true. in this gap where um. <laughs> Edward isn't officially king yet. She's like acting like she has all this. She's power. queen like, regent, I, man. I rescind yeah, the pardon. It's like, fuck off, you know? So I think she'll be a problem in season four. Yeah, you're right. She is going to be a problem. I don't think I anyone her. else, though. <laughs> I love her. I love <laughs> Jimmy's girlfriend. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> Make the square, guys. Make the square for me. And Jimmy. All right. Let's finish this one strong here. If you guys think someone is going to die out of the homies, Give me a guess or just tell me that you don't think they will. What do you do? Go. I'm going to unfortunately say, I think Citric. I was going to say Citric too. He's been able to go out and come back from too many like covert missions. I think Mm. it's either going to be him or Finnan. I don't think, uh, I think Osforth, he can also, I think Citric and Finnan are going to have the highest chances of dying. That's for me. Osforth already took some damage. Yeah, he did. Yes, he already got his. Yeah, he had his opportunity to die. He lived. So now I think he's going to continuously live. And that's why I think Citric and Finn. The boy who lived. Yeah, I think Ethelred will definitely die this season, though. I'm going to guess three people here. Um, I'm going to guess Ethelred's not making out of next season. I think that storyline is time. We can wrap that one up cleanly in season four. Uh, I think Finn's going to die. And then I also think Breed is going to die because I think there needs to be a moment where. Uhtred gets reminded at his love for like the Danes and like his background and his family because it does seem like after this whole Alfred 
end of the season and and him being Edwards guardian, he's going to be so ingrained in the Saxon lifestyle again. Like it's going to be like early season one stuff. So I think that he's going to have to have something tragic happen. That's going to make him care about uniting the Danes with them. So I could see Brita having like a, a needless death or something. And that can be a trigger for him. So I'm guessing Brita Finnan and Ethelred. My third, I would substitute, um, I would sub out Brita for, I'll just give a random one. I'll think maybe Aldhelm, Aldhelm will die. That'll be my replacement. Did he, it's there. even confirmed to still be alive. No, nah, well, he just, he got stabbed and that's it. So I think we don't know in pretty decent standing now that he put his love on got the stabbed line in the gut, bro. Ethel fled. Yeah. But got I'll make a prediction. In the gut. It's, a cruel, it's a cruel, slow death, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right? is that the last we saw him? He, yeah. he talked with Ethelflaed, and she said that you're going to live. But he, at the same time, was saying like a gut wound is like a slow death. You don't really know. So they yeah, kind of yeah. she's pretty much. Uh, she's pretty he's much doing live. like the I'm being nice, saying you're going to live thing. They're like, I don't take it like she's a nurse knowing he's going to live. He just got stabbed in the freaking stomach by mm. Ethel, Ethel Red. Yeah, yeah. Kylo Ren, man, and and um, he also confessed his love to her. Yeah, I think I, was... I love you, lady. And she's like, <laughs> eh, I like Uhtred. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the same bod. Well, I know Uhtred's definitely gonna get another girl. That's gotta happen. Maybe yeah. not initially, but he's Ew. banging someone else. Ew. All right, Brian. Do you have any uh theories on it? Who dies? I have one more question after after you give us your answer. I'm horrible at guessing who dies. I'll leave it at Citric, and uh, yeah, I'll jump on the Ethelred train. Okay, like that guy. I, qu- and I do see like. Ethelfled has the respect of Mercian, so that would be cool if she could become like queen in the north, like Sansa yep. did yeah. too. That would be fucking dope. But yeah, yeah, that would be sweet. All right, guys, one more question, and then we are out. My question only comes up because Luke kind of brought it up earlier. You brought up the fact that Uhtred hardly gives any kind of care to his children. And we know time jumps exist. So do you think that these children are going to grow up and matter? Or do you think they'll stay in the background? They won't stay in the background. We have two seasons left. There's a plot point waiting to happen with his kids. So yeah. I'm going to say yes. And I will uh, like the last kingdom does a good job of making characters that are subtly there in the background front and center randomly, like both yeah. of Alfred's kids that kind of happened to, and they became important very quickly. So it's possible but I don't like. I don't even know. Is it boys and girls? Like, is it young? Really? No one, we know one of them is a boy. The the youngest is a boy. The youngest. I feel like the boy is the only one that's going to have like a chance to have an actual impact if he's like eighteen. But that would be a huge time skip. Oh, I, I just think it's kind of irrelevant at this point. It was just a total dart throw if we think they're going to become important or not. But I mean, theoretically, they should. Like, it's Uhtred's kids. They're the surviving kids. He loved his wife, and like, yeah, they you know. But they're maybe Christian Saxons now. Yeah, eh, they were just if- baptized. It was Uhtred. Yeah, it's true. They were raised by Hill. They're going to be just fine. That's true. We didn't talk about Hill that much, man. She just want to make sure missing. everyone knows. Everyone needs to know one more time. We didn't say it this pod. She's too good for God alone. And we're going to end it <laughs> right nope. there. All right, guys. If you like what you heard, check us out at BingetownTV.com, Bingetown TV on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to check out any of our other Last Kingdom podcast coverage, you can find it on any of your favorite podcast apps or bingetowntv.com. If you like this episode, if you like listening to the pod, please 
jump on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, any of those. Give us a follow, five-star review. We'd appreciate any of that. If you want to support the pod, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash TV. We have two tiers. First tier is if you guys just want to throw a little support our way. We appreciate anything you guys give us. Keeps the light on, keeps us going. The second tier is $5 a month, all exclusive content, exclusive podcast episodes, exclusive interviews, video with the celebrities from some of the shows we cover. We are about to put on the Kiart and the Cruel interview. Full uncut, over an hour. It was an awesome interview. So if you guys want to check that out, it's patreon.com slash TV. Destiny is all, guys. Once again, we are Benchtown TV. And thank you so much for listening. Yield to me, Utrud of Bevenberg. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.